Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her, but what do you say? They were trying to trap him into saying something that they could use against him, but Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. So it's Super Bowl Sunday. What happens right here is that Jesus sees through the play action. If you're a football guy, you know exactly what that means. Jesus sees through the play action. I'm going to try to explain football to those of you who really, really could care less. So there's this thing uh, in football called a handoff, right? We got a picture of it that the media team is going to put on the screen. This is going to get you about three to five yards per pop. This is a small thing. It's just a little thing. If it goes big, awesome. But usually this is just three or five yards and you need 10 yards every four plays to keep going. This is going to get you a little chunk. This probably won't change the world. And so right here, what's going on is this is a handoff from the religious leaders to Jesus. The woman is just an object here. She's been treated like an object by the man and now she is treated like an object by the Pharisees, by the religious leaders. The way that we know that is because adultery is a team sport. All right? It's not something that, this isn't the solo gig. Adultery is a team sport, and one person ended up at the feet of Jesus, which means that there's a much bigger thing. So what happens in play action is the quarterback sticks out the ball just like this, which says handoff to everybody, which means what happens there is what happens never in church, where the back row of the defense rushes to the front. Right? Because they're saying they're only going to get three to five yards, and the back row is going to make sure that this only stays at three to five yards but it's play action. So the quarterback then pulls the ball back from the running back. Running back doesn't get to take it. Back row of the defense has left, and now he can go for something much bigger. He can throw over the back of the defense. And so what they're hoping, what the religious leaders are hoping, is that Jesus is going to bite on this situation. Because if Jesus says the wrong thing here, they are set. They can kill him. They are ready to go. And so they ask him a question. Should we stone him? Should we stone this woman right here? And the thing is, is if Jesus says yes... Jesus is guilty of treason against the Roman Empire because they're the only ones who can execute people. If Jesus says no, then Jesus is a heretic because he's clearly going against the teachings of Moses and they can kill him or they can put him up for execution in their religious system. So this is play action. They're saying, we're going to get you to bite on this little thing so we can go for something much bigger, which is getting you out of the picture. And Jesus sees through the play action. And he sees through it with something that actually matters to you and me today. Okay, because most of us, I'm assuming, if this is like, this isn't true for you, you can tell somebody afterwards, but none of us have been in the situation of the woman, all right? Never caught in the act of adultery and as one part of the team sport, just been thrown in front of the most holy person that you've ever met, probably not dressed for being outside. That's probably never happens to us. But there's something deeper in this story that's happened to us all the time. And it's bigger than just Sunday morning. This is a DNA issue. This is a who we are issue. All right, you can say, man, I'm not that. I'm not the woman caught in adultery. I mean, we waited till marriage and then some. Hopefully there's no one here. But, (laughs) But there's something bigger here. The issue was the religious leaders were not trying to separate people from good people. They were trying to separate everybody from good people and bad people. And their idea was, is sure, they've got issues, but at least I'm not like that. At least I'm not the woman that we just threw in front of Jesus. My stuff is bad. Sure, yeah, whatever, but I'm not that. And I will never be that. What I'm talking about is the issue of comparison. Comparison is they took a situation where they could make somebody else look worse than them and they tried to play it to perfection. 
This is the type of thing that you and I do every single day. And what comparison does for us is it steals joy. We can't be joyful in life because we're always trying to compete and compare to other people and do better than other people. It takes away our ability to love people because we can never appreciate people for who they are and say, man, that person's really good at this area that I'm not good at. We're always on this hamster wheel of trying to be better than everybody else at everything. And so our life is this binary success failure thing, not based on who we are, but based on how we compare to other people. The problem with the Pharisees, the problem with the religious leaders in this situation was they missed the point. Jesus doesn't separate people between bad people and good people. He separates people between bad people and Jesus. Because apart from the work of Jesus, we're all bad people. And the thing was, is the religious people, they missed that. So they were so wrapped up in, I'm just going to look better than somebody else. I'm just going to not make sure that that never, ever happens to me, that that label can never get put on me, that they missed the label they were putting on themselves as fake. They missed the label they were putting on themselves as I only care about me and I can't give God room to work in my life because that's going to mean I admit that I've failed. That's going to mean that I admit that I actually have a space in my life where I need God to work. It's comparison. And I think the danger in that is, is the longer you stay in this place, the longer church becomes part of your life, the better your defenses get for stuff like this. Envy, comparison, jealousy, greed, these things aren't stuff that we wear on our sleeves like the woman who gets thrown in the middle of the holiest people around, probably not ready to go out in public. Like that one is obvious. Nobody had to guess what happened with her. But everybody else, they all have issues. The thing with their issues are they're hidden. And I think a lot of us have been in church long enough to know exactly how to hide our issues exactly how to make sure that nobody knows what's happening, what's really happening. And that's where we live. God separates people into people who need Jesus and then Jesus, and that's where we fall. And so Jesus, he looks at the woman and the people keep demanding an answer. The people who are wrapped up in comparison, they keep demanding an answer And Jesus stands up and he says, all right, but let the one who has never sinned cast the first stone. It's a line that that, that sticks through history, all right? Stories change history. Single sentences change history. For some of us who, who became Christians, this was the verse that got us. Where all of a sudden Jesus is going from the judge to the advocate. And Jesus sacrificed everything for our salvation not our punishment. Jesus sacrificed everything for our salvation, not for our punishment. Like Jesus came, his sacrifice was completely necessary because God loves every single person on the planet. Regardless of what label we could put on ourselves or try to define somebody as unlovable, God looks at it and says, no, I love that person. Yeah, but you don't understand what they do in in their life and with their relationships. No, I love that person. What about the drug use? No, I love that person. What about their finances and the way that they cheat people? No, I love that person. What about the way that they lie and betray and dishonor and blah, blah, blah? No, I love that person. But that love is an honest, open, understanding love. Like when Jesus is there in that situation, they say, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. They don't have to tell Jesus. He already knows. And when Jesus looks at you and me today, nobody has to point out our faults because Jesus already knows. He knows that that's sin. 
And we get that, the, the terminology of sin, it, it's accurate in our cultural understanding. It's also un, it disaccurate in a little bit. Like sin separates us from God. It always has, it always will. Even if it's fun in the moment, that fun is fleeting and it always leaves costing us more than we're willing to pay and taking us longer than we want to go and holding us captive for more than we want to give. And what it does is it separates us from God. So this woman, she's thrown in the middle of a situation of people who want to see her demise. The people who are looking at her, trying to destroy her. They are men and women who are separated from God, not because they want to admit it. It's because in their judgmentalism, they've completely missed God. They've hidden away and excused away their own sin, and they've completely missed God in it. And so what Jesus came into the world to do, which he's demonstrating so perfectly in this situation, is not to punish you and me, but to give us a way to have eternal life and forgiveness that only exists through him. That's why Jesus sacrificed everything for our salvation and not for our punishment. Jesus says, all right, but let the first one who's never sinned throw the first stone. And then in verse nine, when the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. And then Jesus stood up again and he said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't any one of them, didn't one of them condemn you? No, she said. And Jesus says two things. And the order in these is so, it's, it's perfect. It's Jesus. First thing he says is neither do I. Neither do I. This is the Jersey moment for Jesus, all right? He takes this woman. He says, I'm inviting you onto my team, not based on anything that you've done. And if you follow sports, this is actually really accurate. This gives us a picture. All right, media team has a picture they're going to put up on the screen. All right, that's Mahomes the day he signed with the Chiefs. The day he signed with the Chiefs, he had done nothing good. Again, if you're a Raider fan, that's a really good thing. He had done nothing good. He had won no games for them, thrown no touchdowns, gotten no first downs. He had done nothing. And they extended an offer for him, for teams, for relationship. That's what Jesus does in this situation. This woman is caught in the middle of the worst moment in her life. Her stock is the lowest, like it's GameStock a month ago, not GameStock now. It's like right way down there. He's like, I'm bringing you on now. This is when I want relationship with you. I don't condemn you either. It's acceptance from Jesus. And then the next word he says is now. Neither do I. Now go and sin no more. It's acceptance before behavior change. And words matter in this. The order and then Jesus talking to people in this makes a big difference. And some of us have been hurt by this because... In our life, do this because I tell you to only lasts so far. But the thing that changed the world and has changed the world for the last 2,000 years is men and women changing in their lives, upending the way that things were beforehand, changing everything about us because there's love that met us at our absolute lowest. There was grace, there was forgiveness, there was mercy. There was peace. There was an invitation into relationship that met us when we did not deserve it. And that's what Jesus says here. I mean, the woman is down there and Jesus is down with her. He's writing on the ground. And he could have looked at her and said, you should have made things right yesterday. You should have came to me yesterday evening before you went home with him. You should have done this in this order. 
Instead, he meets her at her absolute lowest and he offers her forgiveness. He invites her into relationship. And after that, he says, now I have a new way for you to live. Is Jesus offering salvation and not punishment? And Jesus' followers since then have changed the world because this is how our God runs after us. He doesn't run after us with a to-do list saying, these are the things that you have to do so that eventually you can be with me. He comes down, he lives among us, he gets on the ground with us in our moments of defeat, in our moments of punishment, in the moments where all the stuff that we want to keep packed down so that nobody can see has been flung open for everyone to see. He gets down in the middle of that and he calls us to new life. And that wasn't a one-time thing, all right? This is our week two inside. We've we've got weeks now to kind of put our foot down and say, this is what we're gonna be about inside. We did the same thing when we were out in the parking lot. But one of the things that we're gonna be about is to the point where it hurts us going forward first with the message of God loves you. God wants relationship with you. And then this is how we work that out. This is how we walk that out. That's the same Jesus today that we get to talk about, that we get to share, that existed then, the same Jesus then that's down on the dirt with the woman who had just been thrown in a horrible situation. And that same Jesus has a word for us today. As sons and daughters, who he loves, Jesus has a word for us today. So what that's gonna look like again is the prayer team is gonna be along the wall. Worship team is gonna play. And our opportunity to come and just ask God, okay, what do you want to say to me today? The same God who had the absolute right words to say to the woman caught in adultery is the same God who has the absolute right words to say to you and me today. If there's stuff in your life that you want to be free of, that you want to get off your chest today, then it could be a moment of repentance and saying, okay, okay, God, this is what's going on. Maybe somebody caught you. Maybe nobody caught you. Maybe you're the person in the story. Maybe you're lucky that 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 just hasn't happened yet but it's eventually gonna happen. And today's your day to get free before it happens. Say, this is what's happened. This is what I no longer wanna be part of my life. So Jesus, I'm praying that you come in and help me turn my behavior. We're already invited into team Jesus and behavior change follows that. So God, this is what I wanna do. And you can pray with the prayer ushers. There's gonna be teams of men and teams of women. So if you're a woman, go to a woman. If you're a man, go to a man. If that's not you, do you just wanna hear a word from the Lord today, how he sees you today? Then you just go up and say, I just want a word today. And the prayer team is going to listen to the Lord and, put, and say to you what they feel like he's saying to them. And we're going to hear from Jesus today, the same Jesus who says, I don't condemn you either. Now go and sin no more. Let's stand and we're going to pray.